You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network. It is time for some more nip tuck uh, discussion, talk, action, however you might like to say it. Um, we're rolling on with season five into episode eight now, which is Duke Collins. Um, this one was um, written by Lynn Green and Richard Levine, directed by Elodie Keane. That name sounds familiar to me. Um, I don't have a date. I have forgotten, neglected to find out what date this came out, so I might throw that over to you in a moment, Ben, to tell me exactly when that was. Um, but for right now, I'm looking forward to talking through this episode. My name's Nick, and uh, I always do this after I masturbate. Make sure I hit all the muscle groups. God damn it. Um, my name is Ben, and I was quite beautiful. I could get anyone I wanted. Mm, I'm sure you did. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it's an. It, it's actually, you know, sometimes we say, oh, this is a really quotable episode. I find this one actually isn't. It doesn't mean it's a bad episode necessarily. It's just not one that there's lots of good quotes come to mind, I don't think. No, there was, I think I only had like three and you basically lumped two of them together there for the first one and stole the one I was going to use. So I just happened <laughs> to have the other ones there. So, um, yeah, not the most quotable episode, but still it's a very interesting and I think memorable episode uh, all the same. Yes, definitely. Um, so, yes, it's, it's interesting. I just said I wonder when this came out. I assume it had to be around December because this is, of course, a, another uh, Christmas episode. Uh, December the 18th, a week before Christmas, the last episode before right, the yeah. Christmas break. There you go. Yes, and so I think this is something we will need to do at the end of this episode is maybe rank our three Christmas episodes. I'm not sure if we get one in season six. No, I'm pretty sure we don't. uh, Yeah, so this is it. This is the the trilogy of of nip-tuck Christmas episodes is about to be closed out with this one. Um, So, yeah, it'll be interesting to to kind of talk about our our ratings for the three of them maybe at the end of this episode uh, just as a little bonus. But, yeah, I think it's it's an interesting episode. Um, Lots to talk about. yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if you've got any big takeaways you, you want to start talking about or if we can just jump straight into I it. I always forget that there's kind of another Christmas episode, but then kind of when it comes about, I remember it, if that makes sense. I mean, it's a pretty obvious statement, but um, it's kind of an interesting episode to go into after what we ended with last week with kind of Matt and the Burns to kind of go into this style of episode. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's certainly not the most memorable in terms of the all the three christmas episodes but doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad episode i mean one of the christmas episodes to me is memorable because it's a shit episode and the other one's memorable because it's a good episode so yeah it's kind of the middle ground of the christmas episodes to me really yeah. Oh well, you may be given away your yes. your ratings already. I'll, I'll leave I'll leave people in suspense a little bit, but um, yeah, we we hit off straight away, and it's interesting. Like we we talked about the last episode that it had this kind of great cliffhanger, and um, you know, interestingly enough, we don't dive straight into resolving that cliffhanger because we don't go straight into Matt and um and his storyline here. We um we get into this this character called Carol. Um, you know, for professional reasons, she calls herself Carol. Um, and basically. There's this long, involved story with, you know, her and her singing, you know, Christmas Carol group who um, have wandered into the wrong territory and got attacked by the Crips, um, and they want surgery. They, you know, they want it from um, the the Mrs. Grubman Fund, and in return, they're going to, you know, sing Christmas carols and and turn um, the McNamara Troy officers into like a winter wonderland or something like that. Um, it's interesting. I'm just looking at my notes here, and I've written next to this, "God, I hate this." Um, <laughs> 
just basically, I just think this the stupid kind of talk about you know she's talking and like gangster talk, and um, I'm not really a huge fan of the Christmas songs. If I'm going to give away um, one of my problems with this episode is that I just think the Christmas songs are a bit over the top for me. Um, yeah, so uh, not getting off on the right foot with me this episode. I have to be honest. Just um, uh, what were your thoughts? Oh uh, well, just before I get to my thoughts, Nick, uh, what was the name of the um, the gang that they thought they were with again? Just to clarify that for me. <laughs> You're just trying to get a Kiwi accent out of me. Was it the, the crops. crops? The crops. Oh, okay. <laughs> the crops. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I'm, I'm one for Christmas carols. I like a good Christmas carol. Uh, we hear a lot of them definitely in this, uh, episode. I mean, it's an interesting start, I think, kind of. I, lo- I love how, like, she's got her gang of, uh, carolers just sitting in this consult who just all of a sudden start singing and doing like the sad music, I think, isn't it? As she's sort of explaining what happened to them. So, um, and she's basically admitting that she ran away from everyone as they were getting bashed up. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting sort of take to it. It's kind of similar in an aspect, the way that she's like changed her name, given that we kind of had that, uh, with Joy Kringle a couple of seasons ago, but, um, I maybe don't hate it as much as you do. I think it's kind of a bit funny the way she's using, like, the gang speech. But, um, yeah. Yes, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, well, you know, I, I don't think it's uh, maybe the greatest setup in the world. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, I mean, we're, we're going to get, we're going to see much more of these characters as we kind of go through uh, this episode. And, uh, yes, yeah, so, I mean, this is our initial setup for the episode. Um, that kind of takes us into our opening, in and out of our opening credits. And then, and then we get the scene where, Christian, Sean, and Julia are doing the secret Santa. I mean, it's, it's, um, I, I kind of feel like you need more than three people to do an effective secret Santa, if you ask me, but, uh, that's, that's just my take on the whole thing. And apparently this is a, a holiday tradition. It's the first time we've heard about it in five seasons of the show, but apparently it's a tradition. Um, yeah, so, um, I, um, it obviously goes into, you know, it ends with, with, um, Sean getting the phone call about Matt, um, which kind of takes us into, um, you know, where, where a lot of this episode's gonna be is the kind of Matt stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, anything on this kind of secret Santa scene that we get here? I like, yeah, there's a few references when they kind of turn around and say, like, oh, you know, we haven't had Christmas together in ages. Now, if I'm not mistaken, it's only really been one year, because if I'm not mistaken, the season three Christmas episode, they were sort of together. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I guess, Matt and that wasn't there, but, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, like, surely you need more than three people to do Secret Santa, because, you know, at the end of the day, you kind of really know who you're going to get, and I don't think Sean even gets a present, if I'm not mistaken in this episode, you know, Christian and, uh, Julie get presents, but I don't think Sean does. Um, yeah, so it's, 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 you know, it's okay, I, I kind of wonder where, where, how long has it taken to get Matt to get this phone call. Like, I don't understand why it takes so long, um, you know, because we've kind of seen them already have a, con- a consult and they're already back at their, uh, you know, house doing Secret Santa. So how many hours have passed before they um, get the phone call from Matt? So, yeah, once again, Nip Tuck not making sense with the uh, the time frames here. <laughs> I suppose you could suggest that the, um, the you know, the, the consult was actually before Matt, you know, like the that's maybe not a straight line um, in terms of, you know, maybe there's a bit of crossover there. But, yeah, I agree. It's um, one of those things that the show doesn't seem to take a lot of care with is, you know, trying to figure out exactly the, the order in which things happen. Um, and, yeah, I mean, so obviously we get these guys arriving at the hospital, Max there, um, and this is where Julia finds out about the whole uh, the meth thing. You know, she didn't actually know about this, obviously, so um, she's pretty pissed off about it. 
Um, and uh, then we kind of just cut into Sean and Christian doing the surgery on Matt where they're kind of just peeling that, which is pretty pretty graphic, pretty rough stuff. I mean, it, it would be hard to watch anyway, but because it's happening to a character that we're you know, pretty attached to, I think it's even, even harder to watch as they're kind of you know, peeling these layers of kind of burnt skin off his back. I, I find that, well, I found that quite hard to watch, I've got to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, dare I say, reminds me of another pe- skin peeling scene from an episode that we shall not mention. But, um, yeah, because it's obviously a, a person that we know and love and isn't some wannabe Brooklyn accent. Um, you know, it's a Brooklyn Boston accent. Um, it's, you know, yeah, a bit confronting. But, um, the thing that I always kind of find interesting is the way that Julie kind of finds out so quickly and then all of a sudden it's just kind of brushed aside briefly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she kind of, you know, had this big secret kept from her and she doesn't really seem to care too much about it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's from such a dramatic ending with Matt kind of a week ago to obviously, you know, seeing him this way. I mean, it's good ultimately that it hasn't been as bad as, uh, you know, we initially thought. As I said last week, I thought, you know, he was dead basically when I saw the ending of this. But, um, yeah, it's still pretty confronting, pretty graphic. And, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, at least I guess he survives. Yeah, I think it's um, one of the things I wish they had kind of focused on a little bit, and it's probably a bit too much kind of detail to get into here, but, you know, not only has this guy, you know, suffered really bad burns, but he's also you know, presumably coming off the drugs as well and having to deal with, the, you know, the withdrawal symptoms of, of the drugs that he's on. And that could have been quite an interesting element to throw in here as well, that he's dealing with two really quite serious things happening to him at the same time. So a bit of a... Maybe a lost opportunity there. Maybe just a bit too much storytelling to to really do this. So it, it's not a big big deal for me, but it does feel like a, maybe a little bit of an opportunity. Um, anyway, Matt wakes up and and Julie and Christian are very supportive, and um, yeah, Sean not so much. So he's kind of said he's sick of this. You know, um, this is what we signed up for. Um, you know, he, he delivered this baby, and now he's you know peeling skin off his back, and um, you know it's it's too much, and um, he doesn't want to deal with this anymore, and kind of walks out. Um, I, I do like that we do have this dynamic where all three of these parents can't get on the same page when it comes to Matt. Uh, you know, there's always somebody who's out on him. Um, and I, I think that that makes things quite, it makes for some interesting tense moments, really. Um, you know, because we saw Christian in the last episode kind of throwing Matt out prior to him going off and, and cooking up meth. So um, I, I, I do like that they kind of play with how these three parents kind of deal with Matt and they're never really on the same page. I think that that's, that's always a fun element and it's something we've had not just in this season, but, you know, kind of stretching back quite a long way, really. Yeah, it's, it's, you're right. It's kind of very rare that all three of them are kind of always going to be on the same page. And, um, you know, there's a few things here kind of that are interesting. Like, you're right. The sort of the drug come down for Matt kind of just, it pretty much just goes away from this point. You know, like, that's it. Thanks for, you know, kicking the drug habit, Matt. All it takes is a few burns and you're safe. Um, and then ultimately, too, uh, a week ago, Christian was, you know, completely disowning Matt, calling him an orphan, and he's obviously ultimately come around here at this point, but uh, Sean's kind of done the opposite. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's obviously, you know, just that scene, what is it, when Matt kind of just looks up and just says, like, thank you, um, you know, and he's kind of mentioning about how the ambulance is saying he wasn't going to make it, um, you know, and then he's sort of saying, like, don't give up on me, and yeah. Sean just basically the way he kind of reacts to him is pretty uh it's pretty sad again hashtag poor Matt but at least he's got two out of the three parents on board here no no Annie of course Paul you know Annie doesn't give a shit about uh his brother uh her brother at all like why why would Annie need to come and see her beloved brother you know who cares it's only Matt 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not that important, but uh, yeah, anyway, then we go into the scene, which is the um, the title character for this episode, which is you know Mr. Duke Collins, and um, you know he's got this this nasty scar on the side of his face, um, and you know he was basically he was playing Santa last Christmas, and, and you know this this kid came up and, and wanted these presents, and he didn't get them last year, and you know this obviously this disturbed kid who then shoots him in the face which you somehow manages to survive um one of the really interesting shots on this is that we get you know kind of duke in the center outfit lying on the ground big pool of blood behind him it's hard to believe that that much blood only led to that that kind of scar um keep that in mind because it's not not the last time we're going to be talking about large pools of blood um leading to um what would you you would assume a fairly dire outcome and it's not um just thought i'd throw that in there um yeah i mean what are you making of all the the kind of duke collins stuff here? well this guy uh joel mckinnon miller who is just got one of those faces if you you know i think he's Looking here, a main cast member on um, Big Love and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, two shows that I've never watched in my life, but uh, obviously well-known for those. But, I mean, I'm seeing here, like, you know, he, I, I recognise him from, like, the Truman Show. Uh, he was in Glee, so he's uh, also ultimately being used by Ryan Murphy again. Just one of these people who's kind of a bit part in so many different shows. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, it's just your, your usual setup here, kind of the... Um, the, the main patient and kind of with a bit of a flashback there and, uh, ultimately, you know, it's going to be slightly, uh, you know, changing up, uh, which I will say I get confused about this storyline and maybe we'll talk about it a little bit later. I don't fully understand, I think, what actually happens with this, but, um, you know, that, that kid that we see in that flashback is bloody creepy. Can I just point that out? The way he kind of comes up like that, he is creepy. Yes, I think they've done a good job of, of finding a, a particularly um, creepy kid. So, yeah, I'd I totally support you on that call. Um, yeah, I mean, we're going to get more into this, and, and I think I'm probably going to share your concerns um, as we kind of get into into that story a little bit further. But uh, before we kind of get too much further along that storyline, um, we, we get um, probably one of the funniest scenes I've seen in a long time on Nip Tuck, um, which is this whole thing of Julia and Sean uh, – sorry, Julia and Sean, Julia and Christian in bed – um, and then Sean comes home and, um, you know, she has to kind of hide in the, in the closet. And this is the, the thing we got earlier on, you know, where he's, um, he's basically, you know, shoves her into the closet and then starts doing naked press ups against the, um, you know, and, and he's, you know, going on about how he's masturbating. And he, you know, Sean wants basically to go out and, you know, buy a Christmas tree and, and, you know, Christian's obviously stalling because, you know, where he's got Julia there and, you know, he's going on about, no, I just want to stay here and whack off basically. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is funny stuff. I do really, really enjoy this. Um, and what I really appreciate about this is that later in the episode, we get quite a dramatic scene, um, involving this, you know, how this is all kind of resolved. And it, it's really interesting that we, we could have gone for this as like, you know, a really tense scene. Um, but we don't, we play it for comedy. And I think that was probably the right call to make. And, um, you know, Julian McMahon, it's probably something we, we forget sometimes is that he is a really good comedic actor. He just, he can pull this stuff off really, really well. And we probably don't give him the credit he's due for these kind of really funny scenes that he pulls off. And this is one of the better ones, I think. Um, yeah, I, I really appreciate this. I, I kind of don't know what you think, but, um, but yeah, I do, I do really enjoy this. Yeah, no, it's, it is, it's, it's hilarious. And I kind of just love, yeah, everything kind of you said, I agree and I just love all the one-liners like when he's just basically saying like I always do this after I masturbate um, and then he, what does he say about looking in the mirror and it's like oh but I can whack off again um, and I kind of like it when Sean's ultimately trying to you know get him to see a tree and then when Sean has that line when he's like if I hear one thing about size or shape it's like I'm not one of your girlfriends Sean 
Um, as he's kind of leaving. I just love how, like, comfortable these two are around each other. The fact that Christian's just standing there, you know, absolutely naked right in front of Sean, and Sean doesn't care. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind there's of... A lot, there's a lot of, um, a lot of naked Sean and Christian in this, this season so far. Like, this is just, it seems to be basically every episode, one of them's naked, and we've seen, you know, either Sean ass or Christian ass basically every episode. Yeah, and uh, it kind of, you know, it has to be said that maybe Sean's possibly overtaken Christian in terms of looking after his body a little bit better at certain points. Can we just point that out? Um, and the comedic timing too. Yeah. Like, I mean, having just seen, uh, this year, obviously we talked about swinging safari. Um, and, you know, Julian Martin is absolutely hilarious in that movie. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think kind of he's, he's definitely got, uh, the ability to do it and it's just it just works so funny and i love the way like julia is like going even julia kind of has some moments here he's like i'm not getting in that closet um just the way she kind of gets in there and i love the bit when um sean kind of walks off and then christian kind of sticks his head in the closet can i get you a glass of water or something like that it's just yeah like, just hurry up hurry up yeah it's funny yeah, no, it is. It's it's brilliant, and I think it's something we kind of needed to kind of um, cut the tension on. You know, it's been some fairly tense, um, serious stuff at the start of this episode, and um, I think that this was yeah, just the, just the right call to make, making this a comedic scene when you could have gone a completely different way. So yeah, no, I'm really enjoying it, and um, this then brings us to the um, the Duke surgery scene. Um, I, you know, um. I, Basically, there's not a lot happening with him in terms of the surgery itself, but you know, Sean inviting everybody around for for you know Christmas dinner and um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Linda's not into it; she's off golfing. Um, Liz doesn't want to go because Olivia's going to be there. Um, we've got these stupid Christmas singers in the background, which just you know completely distracts me from the rest of the scene. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it, this is probably a, a bit of a transitional scene more than anything else. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, interesting that you, you get Sean's take on, you know, that, that he should he should have pressed charges on the kid that shot him. No, you know, the Duke should have pressed charges on the kid that shot him, um, which is not a side I really associate with Sean. He's normally the one that's into forgiveness. And, um, yeah, so just a bit of a different take from him on this one, I guess. And everything that's kind of happening with Matt is probably um, giving him a different perspective on things at the moment. Not a whole lot to add. I just kind of like the line of Ebenezer Cruz, um, you know, yes. when it, like the way Liz kind of reacting, he's like, "Go away, bar humbug." Um, yeah, and yeah, just you know, I know you kind of always sort of seem to rag on Liz, uh, not Liz, uh, Linda a little bit. I just kind of love Linda's deadpan one-liners every now and then. You know, <laughs> like you're invited too, Linda. Can't golfing. <laughs> just like the way she just kind of says it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing really to add in this scene. It's kind of just Sean once again, uh, I don't say being desperate on Christmas. That's not the right word, but, uh, I guess, uh, you know, making sure that, uh, Christmas is all, uh, set up for him. Yeah, it's interesting you make that comment. I didn't really realize I was, um, being the. She's kind of there to, I guess, you know, she's not an actress and sometimes her line delivery isn't great, but I also don't think it's distracting either. She's in the show so little that, you know, I think sometimes that deadpan delivery is actually quite a good thing that, you know, you could, you get a bit of a laugh out of it. So I, you know, for the record, I don't really have any issues with her. I think she's, you know, can come across really well sometimes. Um, but yeah, and then we kind of move into, um, Matt meeting Rachel, who's you know, his Burns counselor, and um, she's obviously um, an ex-Israeli military person who was you know next to a suicide bomber that went off. Um, she's obviously been uh, pretty seriously scarred facially herself, and you know, kind of come to terms with with what's happened to her. And um, yeah, I mean, 
don't know how crazy I am about this character. Um, obviously, this is not just a one one episode character. We're going to see her for a few episodes. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think I'm crazy about her. Um, I, I'm interested to see what your thoughts are about her. No, I'm, I'm the same. I mean, she's there and she's kind of, you know, I mean, I think Matt has a lot of blink and you miss it uh, interactions really kind of moving forward here um, between this and another person who's going to come in a few episodes. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think the makeup looks pretty amazing, though, on this, because, like, uh, this is played oh, by yeah. Maggie Stiff, who, just for those at home, looks nothing like this. Um, she uh, is not, um, you know, scarred or anything along those lines. And I'm also just seeing here, apparently she was in an episode of Third Watch, a season six episode, which, of course, is no doubt why I don't remember it, because I don't... It's kind of like was nipped she, up. Was she, was she lost? She, uh, no, she might be the... Uh, she's not the first oh, trio yet. I'm sad yet. I haven't found our first uh, person to be in all three. But, um yeah, I, you know, I mean, she's, she just kind of becomes a bit annoying, I think, by the end, to be completely honest with you. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. She, she, to me, is kind of like this season's Marlowe in some aspects that, you know, it's like, look at me, I'm, you know, this way and I'm proud to be this way. Yet later on, she kind of changes her mind and wants to kind of change herself, if you know what I mean. So, um, yep. Yeah, I, I, I'm i not a huge fan. I mean, she's not the worst thing, but she's not the greatest thing either. Person, I should say, not thing. That's a mean thing to say, Ben. Yeah, no, um, good call there. I think that that's um, a really good, um, yeah, kind of comparison between her and Marlo. I think very similar kind of storylines. Um, I think probably this is just what this is building. And um, forgive me that I don't remember exactly where the story's going, but it kind of feels like there's a almost a romantic connection between her and Matt. And it's just another one of those things, you know, basically any person Matt meets when he's at all vulnerable, he basically falls for, you know, this is you know, the ongoing story of Matt. Uh, yeah. I don't much. know, I might have that wrong. No, no, you're but right there. Like there is, yeah, no, I, I did think that there was uh, something more to that going forward. So, yeah, anyway, we, we will uh, kind of cover that as we go forwards. But, uh, yeah, and then we, we kind of move on to um, Christian and Julia at this kind of porn Christmas party that, you know, basically they have um, they've come to confront Kimber. And um, basically the inf- all the information we get out of this scene is that Kimber's, uh, you know, not going to give up um, Jenna for, for anything. Really, other than that, this scene is completely pointless, in, in my opinion. Like, I just feel like there was a quicker way to get this information rather than this big, you know, scene of all these kind of porn stars in this party. Um, yeah, I think this is just, it, it's such wasteful time, you know, like, it, it, there's just not much interesting happening here at all. Um, I guess we're just establishing that, you know, Kimba's now back to her kind of former glory and, you know, she's a real bitch now, you know, and, and, and that's about it. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, not not a fan of the scene. I I don't I disagree. I think it's kind of it's fun. I mean, it's just kind of there to kind of show that Chris, uh, Kimber's kind of gone back to her sort of ways, as you said, and kind of is, you know, pretty much just recovered herself. And here she is, kind of you know back on the top of the mountain, and that she's just being a real bitch and basically like fuck you all. I'm come back. This is my life. This is what I want. And I think it kind of just shows the the selfish nature of Kimber. And I kind of you know I I think it. I think it works. Um, and it's kind of just interesting kind of, you know, seeing all these like porn people in the Christmas party. I think it's just kind of a fun scene. But, um, 
you know, I, I like that um, the line there that Kimber says about, you know, stop trying to rescue my child when you can't even rescue your own. It's, you know, it's kind of a good confrontation between them because, I, you know, I think like the Julia Kimber stuff isn't necessarily something that we get a whole lot of over the, the season run. Um, and, uh, you know, I think kind of it's interesting when we do get scenes between them. I love how Christian, Christian kind of they just walked into this party and he's already somehow found himself a drink. So, um, yeah, yeah. you know, typical Christian yes. really. Yes, very, very Christian. But uh, this is basically all we get from Kimber in this episode, isn't it? There's, there's not much more here. Um, just this kind of quick one shot, really, and, and then we, we kind of move on. And yeah, I mean, they're going to deliver the information back to Matt um, at a later point. Um, yeah, and then we kind of move on, and um, we get this Eden making fruitcake and putting poison in it scene, um, which is, this is starting to feel very soap opera, isn't it? Um, but, you know, I've already talked about I ha- the music in this episode, and this is the worst of it. This is absolutely <laughs> terrible. Like, there is nothing, nothing, nothing good about the music that they choose in this thing. Like, it's just... It's just it's so annoying, um, and yeah, it's it, it oh, it's awful. Um, yep, I mean, the only good thing about this is it's got Eden in it. That's that's all it's got going for it. Um, this whole storyline about putting poison into yeah, it's just it's just dumb. I yeah, I love Eden, absolutely love Eden. But as one storyline, I do not like about Eden. It's the Eden poisons Julia storyline. I just think it's like. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned it's a bit soap opera. It's just dumb. I just do... I'm not a fan of this at all. And kind of it just... I don't want to say it comes out of nowhere because that's not necessarily true. Like, just kind of where we went from last, um, you know, episode of Julia kind of confronting her to this. Like, I feel we needed some sort of transitional scene in between this. I don't know. Like, her on the internet researching ways. I mean, I know it kind of keeps it more of a mystery down the line because we don't necessarily know what she's being poisoned with but I kind of almost feel you need to know what she's being poisoned with um, and this kind of like this sort of will frustrate me moving forward because it's kind of like with um, you know Christian and Julia finally getting together it's just kind of overshadowed by this stuff and I don't know. I'm just not a fan of kind of a lot of stuff that comes around with this. And, you know, it kind of ties into Eden. I get it. She's, you know, an evil manipulative so-and-so. Um, but again, she sort of came around slightly in the last episode. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not a fan with it. And yeah, this song, I've, I mean, is this an actual song or did they make this up for Nip Tuck? Like I've never heard of a Christmas song about fricking fruitcake. Um, oh no, I'm sure. I'm sure it's a real song, but it's probably not one that you you hear a lot of. But um, it's annoying. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. Yeah, just a couple of things around the scene is that I think, um, you know, I think to a degree we have to accept some soap opera type yeah. storylines because that's kind of what the show is, and it actually has been almost since day one. Yeah. Um, but I think when this is really, I mean, I think I've been pretty clear that what I like about the show is I think. Um, these when we the the character scenes when they're well written and well acted are what I'm into. Um, I'm not against a good kind of plot twist or whatever, but it's not what I'm tuning in for. Um, and you know this kind of stuff is not really what I'm here for. But you know I'll go with it if it's good. You know like when I, I think back on some of the big ones, you know I think Ava, I was I was all on board for that because I think it was it was good. Um, I think you know anything that had Escobar and it was good. Um, but yeah, I think these kind of big soap opera type twists. Um, Generally, I can take or leave them. I try not to get too caught up in them, so it's not a big, big drama for me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not. It's not kind of a make or break for me, but yeah, it's, it, I could have lived without it for sure. Um, one of the things I do want to give credit for, though, is I think that the kind of um, 
you know, Eden being this, you know, feeling bad and, you know, the kind of act that she puts on for Julia is very, very well done. It's kind of almost like this Inception type thing of, you know, like she's acting like she's acting, you know, and it, it, it's good. I, I really enjoy that. Um, and, yeah, I think as we've talked before is that the Eden character is well-written, well-delivered, and basically every time she's on scene, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, I think we've long established that there's so much soap opera elements to Niptuck. So, I mean, to me... That sort of stuff doesn't ever really bother me that too much. I mean, yeah, okay, when it goes a little bit too far, sure. And I think we're kind of... There's a few things kind of moving forward that are definitely going to really stretch the boundaries of a soap opera kind of thing with the twists and turns that they'll try and do. But, um, yeah, I just... Just not a fan of this storyline, the poisoning stuff, and just what it's ultimately going to lead to with Julia. Just, yeah, not a fan. Yeah. Anyway, we can we can move on because um, yeah, we're obviously going to get more of that story. Um, we get into a scene with with Matt going through rehab, um, and he's there with Rachel, of course, and uh, Christian and Julia show up and um, kind of give the information that you know they've been to see Kimber and and, and relay the information that uh, yeah, it, it's um, it, it's not good news for Matt in terms of Jenna. He's you know he's got an uphill battle here um, in, in terms of seeing his daughter. And you know, and he says that he kind of wants to fight for for Jenner and and is encouraged, I guess, by by Rachel. Um, and that's this is kind of where Christian pulls Rachel aside, um, and, you know, to, to talk about the kind of um, does does she want his help in terms of being a plastic surgeon? And uh, you know, remember this next the very next episode um, that basically she is, you know, she's happy and she's learned to to be happy with who she is and what she looks like. So. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a functional scene, I suppose. Um, doesn't doesn't do anything for me one way or the other, I guess. Which there's always just this ongoing thing on Nip Tuck, as I said, with sort of Marlowe, and we'll get it sort of this season when we, there's like a what a film critic sort of involved. That like you've kind of got these people with deformities and the way they look, and we also had it, or even with that uh, that guy, was it um, was it season four when he had that the the barista guy he had that kind of weird face as well. Um, that, yeah. you know, these people live with it and all it takes is them to meet Sean and Christian. And all of a sudden, you know, I realize that, you know, not every day you're going to come in contact with plastic surgeons and you probably don't get cons- consultations at plastic surgeons because they're expensive. So, you know, if someone's going to offer, you're going to take it. But at the same time, you know, Christian and Sean have the power of persuasion where they can always like take these strong willed people somehow, um, you know, and make them want to change their appearance. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, Nothing really there at the end of the day is kind of with you. I mean, she's being strong-willed again in terms of, you know, letting trying to get Matt to stand up for himself and, you know, stop relying on his parents, I guess, which, uh, you know, ultimately is going to turn out a certain way for Matt in the coming uh, episodes and season or so. Um, but, yeah, there's there's not a whole lot here, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is what it is, I suppose. And then we move into um, what's kind of the, the centrepiece scene of this whole episode, which is the, you know, the, the um, secret centre, the other end of the secret centre where the, the three of them are getting their their, um, their gifts from each other. Um, and, and yeah, and this is where Sean kind of quickly figures out and um, credit to him that he's not an idiot. You know, he figures out that, uh, how does he put it, you're screwing um, the two of you. Um, and his kind of reaction to it, which is, you know, kind of starts off as he's reasonably calm, but not happy and things get more and more kind of, um, yeah, blown out as, as the, as the kind of conversation goes forwards. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't know what you think of this, but, um, I'm, I, I actually don't even want to tell you what I think. I'm, I'm just really interested to see what you think of this, this whole scene. 
I have to question Christian first of all for being dumb and basically giving this away by giving her the expensive earrings. Just give that to her in private, yes. you know, like, come on, Christian. Yes. Um, it's kind of similar to, I think, what we said last week about how kind of the reveals of these things aren't really what you expect them to be. So I kind of like the way this kind of happens. Um, I think it's interesting and I think kind of the way it's handled, you know, I mean, think back to season two when, you know, Sean finds out that Christian and Julia had sex or reaction and this way he's just sitting there kind of, I wouldn't say calmly, I mean, ultimately we're going to see what's going to happen this episode and next episode with how he reacts to this. Maybe he's a little bit childish about it, but it ultimately leads to a bit of a blow up next episode. But, um, yeah, I mean, I like it. I kind of, I really like sort of their reaction and kind of how he does it and just, you know, the way Julia and Chris, uh, Christian, yeah, that's right, that's their names, Ben. Uh, they try and sell it to him and kind of, you know, let him know what they, how they feel about each other. So, yeah, I, I, I actually like it. And I think it's, you know, obviously ends on this powerful note where he kind of says, um, you know, we love each other, which is, you know, we, we don't get the confirmation from Julia, but she doesn't deny it either. So, yeah, so I think it's, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's good. I actually, yeah, I really enjoy it. Um, I think it's, it's just the right tone. Yeah, I I do really enjoy it, and I th- yeah, I th- there are lots of ways they could have taken this that wouldn't have worked. I think if they just replayed what happened in season two, that that wouldn't have been a lot of fun. And, and to a degree, we kind of get the replay of it in the next episode, I suppose. But I think in this moment, it's quite tense. You know, like I think it's I wouldn't wouldn't go as far as saying edge on your seat viewing, but I think you are pretty engaged in what's happening as a viewer. Yeah. Um, you know, you you are locked in. You want to see how this plays out. Um, and, you know, you kind of can't take your eyes away from it, which is, I think, kind of one of the highest compliments you can give a TV show. You know, if, they, if they're playing it out so much that you just don't want to look away until the scene is complete, well, then they've done their job well. So, yeah, I'm going to give them full praise for the way that they deliver this this scene. I think it's really good. Um, and, yeah, it, it's quite powerful, I think, which is w- what it needs to be. And what I really like is that we all, we are kind of, I assume we kind of go to basically an ad break here, and then we come back and it gets continued with, the two guys at the office, you know, that's, that's the next part of it is that they're kind of there and, and Christian's saying that, you know, he, yeah, he, he won't continue with this unless he's got Sean's blessing. And, 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 you know, Sean very calmly kind of says, well, I, I don't know that I can give that to you. Um, and yeah, so I, you know, I do really like that it, things are quite calm and yeah, obviously that's not going to stay the same way in the next episode, but, um, I, for the time being, I like that. You know, Sean's kind of dealing with this in a in a calm manner. He's not happy about it quite clearly, um, but yes, he is he is reasonably calm about it. And I think that's a different way of of seeing Sean's character. We see especially Sean, but I think both these guys when they don't get what they want or things don't go their way, that they turn to anger quite quickly. And so I like that we're kind of changing up the way somebody is dealing with this information. Yeah, and I, I agree. I kind of like sort of the way that Christian approaches his two and he's just, you know, we're finally seeing if this works, you know, if it feels right and, you know, I'm not going to do this without your blessing and just kind of the way Chris, uh, Sean reacts and sort of like, you know, I don't know if I can give it to you. I don't know if I can give you my blessing. So, um, you know, and even that line where Christian says about, um, you know, we've been through so much stuff that has split us apart. Uh, you know, I think, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. I think it's kind of, it's, it's handled well, it's handled differently. And even sort of how it blows up next episode, I mean, I still feel it's kind of done differently and I kind of like the way it happens. So, I mean, while in a sense we're kind of repeating storyline, we're not in a way because kind of, you know, I think you sort of alluded to a few episodes ago when, um, Christian and Julia kind of 
hooked up and, you know, I said, like, you know, I felt like this is done. We didn't need to revisit this. And you kind of said, well, I feel like we needed to. I think kind of since we've revisited that and kind of this has been brought back into the equation, I think now I'm like, yeah, okay, we kind of need to see what would happen if these two actually were together, together, not just like a one-night stand. So I kind of, you know, that's the element which I think is interesting. I'm not necessarily saying I'm a fan of it. Uh, because ultimately, to me, just Christian and Julia getting together just is ultimately revolved around Eden poisoning fruitcake. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you know, I think it's kind of interesting how these two are sort of handling it at this point. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, then we kind of go into the, the next scene is um, the kind of Duke Duke Collins follow-up scene. We find out, again, oh, these these reception staff at, <laughs> uh, at McIntyre are not great. Although, to be fair, this is his wife that's shown up, so I suppose you could potentially see how she might have got through. Um, and, and this is we we get the kind of, I think it's supposed to be a bit of a bombshell that um, basically it was his son that shot him. Um, yeah, and again, I think you talked about it at the, at the top. This is a little bit confusing. Yeah, I don't understand he's kind of, it. Yeah, that I think he's kind of left his wife and used the money he should be using for child support on getting surgery. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's all a bit confusing to me. Um, and yeah, ultimately, basically, what it ends up is that his wife tries to shoot him. She misses and shoots one of these these carol singers, <laughs> the one that Which you like the snowman. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know we kind of get this the sad lament version of Frosty the Snowman as as he is kind of carted out. He's still alive as he's kind of carted out by by the ambulance. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I, I, sometimes it's quite funny to refer back to my notes what I was writing while I was actually watching the episode and. Just my whole comment on this is WTF, this is some stupid shit. So I think that probably pretty much captures my thoughts on this whole thing. Yeah, this is, I just don't understand it. Like the way she comes in and kind of the plot twist, it's his son. And okay, I'm like, well, okay, fair enough. But then the way she kind of alludes to like, you put the gun in his hands and asked him to pull the trigger. So is she implying that he tried to get his son to kill him? Like, I don't understand it. And then it's kind of, he's run away and not paid child support. And I'm thinking, well, if it's not deliberate, if it was still an accident, like he explained initially, then wouldn't you run away from your fucking son and not try and play child support because your son tried to kill you? Like, I just, I don't understand it. And I don't understand what ultimately leads her to trying to shoot him. So, yeah, it's it's a bit fuddled and confusing. I don't get the full point purpose of this. And, you know, it's your typical plot line here of trying to put a twist on your main, um, you know, patient. But yeah, I just, I just don't understand it. Um, I actually though kind of like the moment where Frosty gets shot and kind of cut off. I just think it actually kind of works that you kind of like, he gets shot and then just get Frosty the snowman. Like, I don't know. I just kind of think it's slightly funny the way it kind of happens <laughs> and the way yeah, they're all I mean- being carted off in handcuffs and everything like that. Yeah, and he's kind of like on a stretcher with still the carrot on his nose. Like, it's, it's a bit silly. Um, so, yeah, they do kind of play a little comedy here. I wonder if there is a bit of... It'd be interesting to go back and see what had happened around about this time and if there was one of these mass shootings maybe that happened because, you know, we kind of got the story the storyline a couple of episodes ago, or was it last week, I can't remember, where Julia wants the gun, you know? Um, and, you know, we get this whole thing about, you know, you're more likely to get shot by your own gun than, you know, by a gunman, blah, 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 blah. And um, I wonder if what they're trying to say is that basically 
he had a, a loaded gun lying around in the house and you know like you cocked it you look you know all he had to do was pull the trigger and i wonder if there's like just a few lines that have been dropped which kind of you know, basically kind of gives that information that the son found the gun and, and accidentally shot him or something like Maybe. that you know it's a guess because we don't get that information and that's bad you know we we really do deserve to have that information um so yes it is you know, it is not well told, basically. I mean, yeah, let, let's be honest, it's not good. Um, yeah, so that kind of ends that scene. And again, it's one of those ones where this, this, you know, this patient storyline is not, it's not really connected at all to the main storyline. And I, I like it better when they are, even if it's a pretty tenuous link. Um, but there doesn't appear to be anything here. So, yeah, there's, there's not much for me here to enjoy in that stuff. And then we move on. Sean comes to see Matt in the hospital. Uh, Matt's kind of packing up, ready to go. Um, and, you know, obviously got all these bandages on. Um, and, you know, Sean invites him home for Christmas. Matt says he's going to see Rachel, um, you know, spend the holidays with her and her Burns kids um, in the Burns unit. Um, and, yeah, I think this is quite a quite a touching scene, you know, where Sean kind of apologises and, um, you know, Matt says he kind of understands. And I, I think this is kind of... Um, I like how these two actors kind of bounce off each other on the scene. It, it's um, it's It just feels like the right level of kind of subtlety for me to really enjoy it. Um, and, you know, like kind of Sean admitting to some of his problems as well, which, yeah, I mean, I think this is a... It's an easily easily forgotten scene. Um, he also gives them kind of like what what is it this kind of box or something that that was his father's? Um, yeah, something I don't know. It, it's a bit confusing. It just kind of like just something to put his dreams in or something. So yeah. that that was a bit confusing. But I think this is kind of a. It's definitely not a top five scene. Don't get me wrong. But I think it is a kind of forgotten little touching scene um, that you know it, it kind of um, helps me enjoy this episode a bit more. This is this is the stuff I really enjoy. I think. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It's it's a touching um, scene for sure. It's, yeah, it's like a box where his dad got the dreams. I don't know. We get a few references to Sean and his dad in these coming episodes, which is interesting because you know ultimately we had kind of that last um, last season. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a touching scene. It's you know one that yeah I, I sure is you know slightly forgotten. But um, you know, I mean, it's it's not a standout, standout one for me, but it's still kind of, you know, nice enough to the fact that, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a touching scene, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then we kind of, uh, we end with, you know, we're at the um, the house for, for Christmas Day or whatever it is, they're all together for Christmas. I like it. We've got the, the three kids all sitting around that table. Annie! Um, I do like it. Yes, we get the Annie siding, but we also get the Connor siding and the Wilbur siding, which are things we forget as well. But I do like, you know, like, we talked a lot about last season was really good and we got all these, you know, one of my favourite episodes last season was the Connor McNamara, the first Connor McNamara, not the future one. Um, and, you know, we got this whole backstory about Sean and I thought, man, that was a powerful scene, but it feels less powerful now that Connor is just like this, you know, this kind of passing storyline, you know, that we'd completely forgotten about this kid who's you know, fairly, fairly serious kind of um, physical um, disabilities and, you know, here he is as just like a, a, a rent-a-crowd kid at this, you know, at this Christmas dinner, that's about it. And so it's kind of disappointing we don't get to see more of that. Um, yeah, and then, you know, we kind of, that, this this whole thing kind of ends with, um, you know, see Liz is there, obviously, but kind of ends with Sean coming in and, you know, everyone's happy that he's kind of, he has decided to come along. Uh, and then we get Eden's there as well. With the bloody cake. Yeah, it's, um, 
I mean, it's yeah. it's a nice scene, I guess, to close it out. Um, you know, random Liz and Olivia smiling, some slow motion stuff, and uh, you know, it's it's not too bad. I the um the what do you call it the yeah rent a kid with Connor. At least I mean, at least they kind of keep up appearances by giving him sort of the hand that's kind of still attached to it. Um, so it's not like they've completely dropped the ball there and forgotten about it. But yeah, I mean, after all the stuff we had with Connor all of a sudden to just completely drop it, it's, and like, God damn it, how quickly does this kid age? Uh, you know, like he's, he looks like he's about four now. Um, and he's only, what, <laughs> barely a year old. So, um, yeah. that's one thing too that he's I know. Nice little kind of like shirt and suit combo thing he's got going on though. He's, he's well dressed. Yeah. No, he, he definitely is. So obviously the, the bills, uh, been paid and everything's going fine for McNamara and Troy after the struggles earlier this season. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's kind of just like this kind of montage type scene to end it. Uh, yeah, and, and, and that's kind of the end of our episode, really. So, um, yeah, I guess that kind of just leaves us to, to rate the episode. And um, I think that this is going to be an interesting one because we've talked about some, some quite good stuff in this, this episode and some kind of nonsense stuff as well. And so, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm interested to see where you go with this one, Ben. So uh, lay it on me. I initially thought I was going to buy this one, but I think kind of just even talking through this episode, I mean, it really kind of just after digesting a little bit more and kind of going through the stuff, it doesn't necessarily really stand out as a buy for me. So it's going to be a rent. It's still a highish rent. Uh, you know, I mean, it's still, I think, a memorable one. And I think kind of when you're talking about ranking the Christmas episodes, this is the middle one for me uh, between Joy Kringle and Reefa. So, um, you know, it's kind of there. Uh, but, I mean, there's enough stuff like the the funny scene as we kind of went over, sort of as they're getting caught and, you know, a few things here and there that work. But, um, you know, again, just the storyline with the kid and the dad, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, the fruitcake stuff starting Joy. Um, you know, and I can tolerate the carols for the most part, which I know you obviously can't. But, uh, yeah, to me, it's a, it's a rent. It's a solid high rent. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm right there with you. It's been a while since we've been on the same page, but, uh, we're definitely back there. Um, because, yeah, I think for me, this is, um, there is some, some really interesting stuff here, and I think some quite important stuff. Um, and, you know, in, in terms of, some kind of impactful scenes. Uh, it, it's stuff that I really enjoy. Um, and, you know, the, I'm talking about the kind of Sean, Christian, Julia stuff there. When I'm when I'm talking about that, that last scene between Sean and, and Matt, I think is really good. And I think some of the stuff with Matt is also quite, quite good. Um, yeah, but then all the stuff like the Christmas music is just totally distracting to me. Um, yeah, the main story, or the main patient storyline is, yeah, it's just, it's completely like just, confusing and that's never good it just feels like it's tacked on um yeah and yeah to me i think that probably the, the eden stuff is is kind of okay but yeah it, it's for me it's an easy one to put in the rent category really i guess i have it also i'll say at 49th uh out of 68 episodes that's including next week's episode as well so uh yeah it's a, it's a high rent there in the rent categories i'm looking at right now Excellent. Oh, well, that uh, that brings us to the end of another episode. I guess we, we did talk briefly at the start of the episode about about ranking our Christmas episodes. Um, I think you kind of gave yours away, but if you if you want to make that official, I'm assuming that uh, you're putting Reefer as your, your favourite. Yeah, Reefer, definitely. Definitely number one um, by a long shot. This, this, this second yep, and, and uh, Joy Kringle's. Yeah. 
yeah, I think I'm I'm definitely going to be the same. So um, yeah, we're we're on the same page in terms of how we we're ranking these Christmas episodes. So yeah, nice little bit of trivia for those that are that are interested in our thoughts around that stuff. But uh, yeah, anyway, we're uh, we're moving on up to um, a return to in the next episode. Which is our very last uh, time we're going to see Dawn as well. So uh, get ready to say farewell to Rosie because this will be her last ever appearance. But uh, I, I quite like the next episode. I think it's got some good stuff in it. It's got some fun stuff. Um, and, you know, it's got some interesting kind of very nip-tuck stuff with sort of these, like, I guess, visions of characters and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of a fan of the next episode. I actually kind of like it. Um, yeah, and obviously as we see uh, one of our our favourite kind of um, part bit players uh, kind of making an exit. Another one's making a, a re-entry, and Gina is back for this episode as well. So, um, yeah, I think that, that that's fun. We're gonna we're gonna see her back on the scene, uh, if only briefly. So, yeah, it's a um, bit of a change of the guard, I suppose. Penultimate ever Gina episode too. So yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's kind of interesting to think this sort of because uh, I always forget Gina's in this episode, and then she comes along. So. Um, yeah, it's our, our penultimate ever appearance of Gina as well. So we're going to, you know, we're still a season and a half away from finishing this show, but uh, it's kind of sad to think that we're, you know, saying goodbye to a fairly very regular character and I guess one who is memorable enough and she feels like she's been a, a part of the show for a, a lot more than she actually has. Mm, yeah. But uh, until that time, uh, we encourage you to uh, look us up on Facebook and Twitter and uh, check us out on YouTube. Uh, we're always after a, a good rating on iTunes if you feel like throwing one of those our way. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, it's been fun bringing this episode to you. Uh, so until next time, uh, my name's Nick, and uh, that was fun. Let's never do it again. And my name is Ben, and you want to know the difference between a podcast and a Christmas podcast? More vodka. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.